0: Above. Don't fence
1: me. Good morning, everybody, and happy Tuesday to all of you. This is Allman in the Morning, and it is Common Sense Radio. Jamie Allman here. Hope you had a wonderful weekend, a beautiful Memorial Day weekend. It was gorgeous. Oh, late yesterday, about 5.30, 6 o'clock, went to Jefferson Barracks and uh, put some pictures up there for you, saw the deer, which is always beautiful. Normally, you go there, you know, early in the morning, or or even a little bit time during the afternoon when it's crowded and a little hotter. Uh, the deer are not out, but those little whisper characters were out in force. It was a ton of uh, beautiful moments that were able to be had at Jefferson Barracks. Hope all of your uh, specific celebrations and your commemorations all uh, were fantastic. President Trump really had a really nice. A nice thanks to uh, those who served and those who have passed and those who have died serving. Here, on this soil, on these grounds, beneath those fields, lies the true source of American greatness of American glory and of American freedom. As long as we are blessed with patriots such as these, we shall forever remain one people, one family, and one nation under God. Dan, it never fails, uh, and, and President Trump never uh, disappoints, I'll tell you that. He, he, he arrived in New York yesterday, by the way, and uh, people, people were, were loving it. It's like, wow. He still carries so much pizzazz. The, 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 this is in uh, this is in New York City. I mean, now, now you might think, well, yeah, but New York City has is has a ton of people in it. No wonder, of course, I get it. But you know, President Trump, the the, the way he has been maligned and bashed so much and run down so much, you would think that there would be you you think he would be kind of like Bud Light. You know, to people because of the reputation, but again, it doesn't seem to matter. You can talk about, you know, the 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 news media can talk all at once about everything and go on and on and on about how terrible he is, and the view can do this, and you, you even even some of your fellow GOPers can do that, but it's it doesn't seem to matter. It's it seems like real people are gravitating towards him. Because they remember what it was like when he was president. And even though obviously there was so much tension because they just were impeaching him and dogging him so much, I don't think that that love for him and memory that he had was plugged into the psyche of America really ever left and that's really that's really a, a fascinating phenomenon especially when you consider how how many times he's had the people running at him and continues to do so and it's all it's almost like we operate in in this country in a in a parallel universe so to speak because you've got one track of the country just kind of minding its own business and you know supporting uh Policy and and strong goals for the country economically and with our border and with good trade deals and keeping us out of unjust wars and keep keeping us oil independent or making us oil independent again. Those are all really important things. And the people who are going after him think that we care about President Trump's relationships with Stormy Daniels or any of this other nonsense and and we just don't and it must be really super frustrating for the powers that be particularly some of those who are running against him and I get it uh that they can't kind of break through that that line of people who just simply don't care about the nonsense and they they care more about the politics and in fact I would I would venture to guess if if like for instance Ron DeSantis is going to run only on cultural issues, it's probably not going to work for a lot of regular rank and file Americans. It might work in the GOP primary, but whether or not that's going to work on a national level is a is another story altogether. And so Americans and 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 Ron DeSantis could pick up on this, obviously, and he and he kind of is because he was given a chance to talk about. The whole debt ceiling fight—that thing is going crazy—and he did a good job of it over the weekend on Fox, Fox and Friends in the, on the weekend. And I'll, I'll, uh, I'll talk about that on the other side of this break. And of course, this debt ceiling thing, which again, we're going to have another situation where we could have a chance uh, that the Republicans are going to vacate the chair, so to speak, uh, Kevin McCarthy. Is not getting great reviews from some of these Republicans who say, "Hey, man, whatever you set up here isn't isn't going to work uh, because you, you, we still have the funding of the IRS agents in there, and, and you and you told us that you were going to change that 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 was going to be different, and yet we still have." Have that situation now. we still have these IRS agents who actually are now funded. after all this, even even after the House passed the defund bill uh, to, to Kevin McCarthy's celebration, we still have that in the debt ceiling. So we've got a long way to go on that. I'd switch gears pretty fast on you here, and we've got DeSantis on that and others coming up. It's a pretty big deal. And it's not going away and we got about 5 more days to count this. 3145666104. Good morning everybody and happy Tuesday to all of you. There's a possibility after all of this. I mean it's a, it's a it's a remote one. But there is a possibility after all of this that Kevin McCarthy uh, could could lose the speakership it, it's, it's, it's a real deal because there there were some talk there was some talk i should say uh, in the in the very beginning where there were supposed to be some changes as it relates to the rules and all that kind of stuff and and it wasn't supposed to be this easy just to kind of pass things out uh, of a rules committee. That's what's going on today. And so there were there are some people who are uh not happy. I mean, right right now we've got a list of six Republicans who are already voting no. And these are the people who and I, and I think I think Representative Massey could be added to this. So you're gonna have seven now. So you've got uh Chiproy, Representative Bishop, you got Biggs You've got Rosendale, Good, and Norman. These are all your typical people. We haven't heard from some of the House members yet, uh, who were most vocal, like Byron Donald from Florida, and Matt Gates, and Marjorie Taylor Greene, and Lauren Boebert. We haven't heard from them yet. So, the, the, you know, we've got we've got kind of the meat and potatoes conservative Republicans. Who are going to be there? But we haven't heard from uh, from them specifically. Although uh, some of them indicated that they're not happy with what's going on. So you've got you've got Marjorie Taylor Greene, you've got Gates, Boebert, Mar- uh, and and others who are already saying, "Hey, this isn't this isn't what we bargained for here." And again, they set in motion very early on the prospect of being able to remove the chair. The House Speaker, if they don't if they don't want him anymore, that was that was that was part of the deal that got Kevin McCarthy in there. He said, "Hey, um, I'm going to put in a mechanism where you can vacate the chair fairly easily, and if if you want to do that, you can do it." And there might be some people who are taking him up on it, because right now it doesn't. That this this whole bill, whatever they negotiated, still keeps in. Some things that actually we thought were going to be taken out, including the funding of the IRS agents, the eighty-seven thousand, and so it's it's pretty significant what's going on here today. And and uh, Ron DeSantis was asked about it. I think this is a good chance for him to kind of spread his wings on something that's unrelated to cultural issues. And so the Fox & Friends weekend folks asked him about the debt ceiling deal and all that kind of thing, and this is what he had to say.
2: Well prior to this deal, Kaylee, our country was careening towards bankruptcy. And after this deal, our country will still be careening towards bankruptcy. And to say you can do $4 trillion of increases in the next year and a half, I mean that's a massive amount of spending. Uh, I think that we've gotten ourselves on a trajectory here really since March of 2020 uh, with some of the COVID spending. It totally reset the budget, and they're sticking with that. Uh, And I think that that's just going to be totally inadequate to get us in a better spot. Look, in Florida, we run big budget surpluses. Uh, We have a $1.2 trillion economy, but our debt is only $17 billion, second lowest per capita in the country. Uh, But we make tough choices, and we make sure that we look forward to the long haul. Obviously, in Washington, in D.C., they do these cycles to just get them through the next election, and that's ultimately one of the reasons why they continue to fail.
1: Yeah, uh, that's true, too. Uh, they, they, this is something that just keeps happening year after year after year, and it it ends up being a failure each time, and, we, and the Republicans wind up being blamed, by the way, no matter what, the Republicans wind up being blamed. DeSantis, by the way, just as an aside, I, I think uh, this was good for him to be able to talk about this issue. I think DeSantis being able to show his strengths outside of the cultural issues is going to be important to him if he's going to make any headway in the Republican primary. It's just that's just how it's going to go, and he he's got to he's got to be prove himself to be more than just, you know, a, a culture warrior. And, and, and as much as people do care about this kind of stuff, and obviously our education and our curriculum and those kinds of things are, are good, but there are a lot of people who you, you can't win a presidential election on, on drag queens alone. And it's, it's going to it's going to require a lot more of him. And that's why he is uh, doing what he's doing, I think. Hey, by the way, the Democrats, however, seem to be doing – I mean, if you listen to what how they describe the bill, you'd think that this would be something that the Republicans would like. Because if a Democrat's unhappy with it, maybe you're thinking, well, then it's got to be good, right? Here is um, – Here is Jamal Bowman on why he's skeptical of the debt deal. Area, so that is one major problem with the bill. Another major problem is the Joe Manchin pipeline that we fought so hard to stop from being built That is still a part of this bill. And what's problematic about that is number one, we need to stop drilling for fossil fuels completely. But number two, we need an expedited way to get us to clean, renewable energy, or we will continue to have these severe weather events that we have been having for quite some time because of the warming of the planet. And then finally, the work requirement piece has expanded uh, to those receiving SNAP Uh, from age 49 to 50 to 54, again, we're talking about the most vulnerable Americans who are already living in abject poverty. Yeah, so basically you've got stricter requirements related to SNAP, which is not a a bad thing, and most people, normal people, would agree with that. So he's complaining that it's too hard uh, on people, even though, obviously, he's, you know... That's something most people would agree with. So he's complaining about it. So it can't be that bad, right? The bill, and also the Joe Manchin pipeline, is still part of the bill. So you know there are a lot of things to still like about this one, uh, but fiscally and as it relates to promises, kept and made, and all those things that Kevin McCarthy talks about, uh, that that's not happening. So it's going to be a it's going to be a balance. And uh, we've got both sides going on here. Democrats, in complaining, just make the bill look better. But some Republicans are not happy with how it's all going to go down. It's going to be an interesting day today, that's for sure. So this was a bad deal in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's all in the morning. It's Common Sense Radio. Jamie Allman here with you, and happy Tuesday to all of you. So uh, there is a convicted felon with a gun who tries to board a bus, uh, and he tries to board a bus and and doesn't want to pay, and, and uh, the driver says, hey, you know, and he's got a gun. And the driver says, hey, we don't, we don't, Want anyone possessing, you know, we, you, 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 I'll shoot you if you, you do that. So, uh, this is a surveillance video from May 18th that you're going to hear, not see necessarily. Uh, the shooting started after this felon, uh, got into an argument with the bus driver, uh, and, and he's got wearing this hoodie. He gets on, and he wants to ride, but doesn't want to pay, and so he exchanges these words uh, with the driver. And at one point, this convicted felon, uh, this 22-year-old, who's, you know, can you imagine that? He's a convicted gun felon already, 22. Uh, He wants to be let off the bus. uh, But they hadn't arrived at the bus stop yet. And so this dude just wants them to just stop wherever. And this convicted felon is yelling at him, making threats. Uh, And then he pulled a gun. (laughs) And and then the bus driver pulled his own gun. And and started shooting at him, saying, hey, this isn't going to happen. Well, uh, this bus driver uh, has now been fired. Here's a story from uh, the Charlotte folks.
0: Tonight, newly released surveillance video showing the harrowing moments inside a
1: Charlotte bus. A shootout between a driver and a passenger with. A- so this, this just real quickly, just to be clear, uh, this convicted felon standing there in the in bu- the bus wants to get, be let off. And just wants the bus driver just to pull over any old place, and to be let off. And the drivers are like, "No, we're gonna wait till we get to the bus stop." And then the you know, the. uh Convicted felons are like, no, and he he says he's going to pull a gun. And so the bus driver immediately pulls his gun and starts shooting at Passengers caught in the crossfire. Transit officials say
0: last week, 22-year-old Omari Tobias began arguing with driver David Fullard after asking to get off between stops. Tobias then pulling out a gun. Fullard then pulling out his own gun. And the shootout begins. Bullets shattering the plexiglass window of the driver's cab. Two other passengers ducking for cover. The driver wounded in the arm, Tobias shot in the abdomen. Fuller continuing to shoot at Tobias after he crawls away and runs off the bus. Both are recovering from their injuries. And tonight, that driver off the job.
2: We don't want anyone possessing weapons
1: on our vehicles. Yeah, and, unless you're a convicted felon and and they, and they can't tell whether or not you actually have a gun. So uh, they do allow anyone to carry weapons on the bus uh, because this thug brought one on the bus. So for this bus company to say, and I, I understand the whole Wild West nature of everything. You know, we just can't have people shoot each other or whatever. But maybe we, if we had a little more of it, There'd be less likely for people to sit there and start uh, bullying people, and 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 make these kinds of demands. Maybe we need we do need more of that kind of backlash. Maybe people do need to put be put more on notice about this. But this guy with the with Charlotte Transit saying we don't allow guns. It's like, yeah, you do. You, you, you don't allow your your drivers to have guns, but you allow these other people to bring guns. We've we've seen it tonight. That driver off the job. We don't want anyone possessing weapons on
2: our vehicles.
0: The transit system saying he didn't properly de-escalate the situation and was not allowed to bring a gun to work.
1: The driver. Yeah. So there there's there's the world you live in. Uh, so some guy on a bus pulls a gun. And it's up to the bus driver to de-escalate the situation. Well, first of all, you know you you don't get too many of these guys who are into uh, psychology running around out there. And, and again, this is not a situation where the bus driver should have to put up with somebody pulling a gun on him. This is this is a this is a public transit operation here? And so now he's supposed to be uh now he's supposed to be a de-escalator uh and, and again, what happens here uh is is you're you're in a situation where you're telegraphing to people that it it's completely okay to be a criminal on a Charlotte transit bus i mean it's 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 not it's not acceptable. <laughs> you know this transit guy. We don't want anybody carrying, uh, carrying on the on the thing. But but one thing's for sure: we know who who will not be carrying, and that would be employees of the Charlotte Transit Authority. They they, they now people know they won't be armed.
0: Properly de-escalate the situation, and was not allowed to bring a gun to work. The driver's attorney saying his client feared for his safety. I hear it from a
1: lot of my clients. What they want to do is is do their job, but they also want to get home. Watch breaking... Yeah, I mean, of course. And, and this guy sits there and pulls a gun. The escalation has already happened. At that point, you have to make some effort to, to, to drop it and make sure it happens. I have to tell you, though, I'm... You know, I, I think many of you might be thinking, well, I don't know, you know, as a gun owner... That might be kind of a reckless use and blah, blah, blah. But just imagine being in that situation where you, you've had an ongoing argument with this guy, by the way. This, this isn't just, you know, one and done. This guy gets on the bus and starts to argue with him day in, moment after moment, uh, and, and then finally wants just to be let off anywhere and pulls a gun afterwards. I mean, at what, what point you know, are, are you expected to not react to this? And, and, and how do you de-escalate when you're behind the wheel of a bus? Now, I, I guess presumably the people who are running the Charlotte transportation system, I guess at this point they're thinking, well, you know, you should have just let him off and, and been done with it. Well, you know, people need to get places. Uh, once, once you fold to some guy like that uh, with a gun it doesn't take long before someone else is out there uh, doing the same damn thing. So power to the bus driver for guns a blazing. Hey, good morning this morning. Uh, Thanks for calling the show. How are you doing?
3: Good morning, governor.
1: Hey, what's up, man? You're up early.
3: Yeah. I'm headed north to the the, the land of giant smallmouth.
1: Oh, that's right. Minnesota, buddy.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I was listening in this morning and I was, uh, once again, the reason I love Jamie Hallman, yeah you do you absolutely live let guns on your buses I love it man yeah love it I love um, it absolutely
1: well you know and especially you know again these people we can't have a wild west it's like maybe it's about time we had a little more of a wild west because uh these people right now they seem to know that they can go they can get us get on us and 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 uh they can they can run the place and at some point people need to be Adjusted.
3: Well, I've asked this question a lot. I grew up in Southeast Arkansas, and we had open campus, and most of the young men hunted, and we went to school with high-powered rifles in our trucks, and we never we 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 got in fights. None of us ever pulled our guns out and even thought about pointing at one another. What happened? And that's rhetorical because it's lack of parenting. It's the lack of holding your kids accountable and learning and teaching them responsibilities. And everybody's like, oh, everybody, you know, the liberal people I talk to, Chris, that's just a geographical situation. Uh, okay, well, with that many guns, according to everything that you guys believe, somebody should have shot somebody. <laughs> so it's an absolute, they said absolutely, it's a parenting problem. These young men, and it seems to be a young men problem, there's no consequences to their actions because parents do not want to be parents. I love my children dearly. But they're going to mind. They're going to respect others. I'm. I'm not. I don't want to say I'm not. I try to be kind, but firm. Yes. And it's a it's a teaching a teaching lesson <laughs> a teaching
1: moment. Yeah, yeah. Being kind but firm sure. is 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 good. I mean, because we know well, we all know that ultimately, if all you do is yell at the kids, you know, um, they're they're not gonna they're gonna stop listening to you. But so you got to figure out another way. That's uh, right.
3: That's right. What? Oh, oh Dad, running around with his hair on fire. What, <laughs> look, his hair's not on fire again. Right. So right. The, the other thing too, I, um, all the liberals, or everyone screaming for gun control. Um, I, I want a, a bill passed where everyone has a breathalyzer in their car, because thirty-six people are going to die today from drunk drivers. What? I mean, and when I bring that up, people are like, "Well, that's not comparable." This vehicle is a tool just like that gun is a tool, and in the wrong hands, it can kill. It's an absolutely the same comparison. So I want breathalyzers put in every car. Well, Chris, I don't drink. Oh, you're responsible with your tool. Ah, yeah, okay.
1: Right. So I why should it. I have to pay more for my car, you know, because, because they, they, you guys want the breathalyzer in there. It's a great analogy. And, again, we all know it, it seems like it's so simple, but people just don't understand. You you sit you sit a gun on a table it just stays on the table.
3: It's a it's a tool. Yeah. It's an abs- it's a tool. Uh, yeah. How many people how many people are going to die from falls off ladders?
1: Yeah. A lot. Right. Yeah.
3: It's a tool. Uh, improperly used, it's going to hurt you. Right so on. It's man. These comments. I I am so thankful to have you on the airwaves amongst all the slithering slimy stupidness that I'm allergic to I'm breaking out in hives <laughs> most of the day when I go out in public from all the stupidity
1: I'm right. grateful
3: for Jeremy Allman on the radio.
1: Brother I appreciate you so much and and happy trails I know when we talked last time and you mentioned May thirty thirty first. 31st I was like oh yeah maybe I could do that up in Minnesota but then uh, the, the time that you're going to take those uh, veterans out is on a Friday um, on, on June f- uh, 2nd right? Um, yep. and, and man, my son's graduation party is the next day and I couldn't get up there and do, and do, and tu- do that turnaround, but I appreciated the, the offer and I'll go up next time when it's a little earlier or maybe another, another time.
3: Perfect brother. Perfect. Have a great week. And I'm very grateful for you, man.
1: I can't wait to uh, see you representing man up there. Uh, the all in the morning show. So
3: we'll all right, brother. Have a great week, man. All right, Steam and Fitter. Hey, I look, I look forward to uh, being your running mate when you're over government. <laughs>
1: right on, man. Okay. My Steam Fitter Chris, bro. <laughs> I love it, buddy. Hey, safe travels, all right? All right. That is uh, Steam Fitter Chris calling in from the trip up to beautiful Minnesota to go fishing with our veterans. Awesome. Hey, it's Common Sense Radio, 314-566-6104. Happy Tuesday. Good morning and happy Tuesday. It's all in the morning and it's Common Sense Radio. And we'll talk about sweet revenge. I mean, talk about getting back at the bad players. Uh, This happened in Finland and this was a version of Dancing with the Stars. And this, I'm sorry, Sweden, you know, same thing. All those white people look alike. Uh this is the uh, strictly come dancing final over the weekend and during this live performance uh there were there they were a four time olympic cross country skier charlotte kala and her partner tobias carlson in the final round and uh, they're they're dancing and right in the middle of it these uh echo crazies come out with their signs and with their uh, yellow smoke bomb. And... makes it back to his feet. Is he going to deliver sweet? Oh, uh, uh, and this is nowhere. Uh, <laughs> and this is a football play-by-play added to the video of the Echo Nut being pummeled by the crane camera. So, so what happened is the guys came out with all their smoke bombs and their signs and everything else and the camera operator took his crane operator and just basically just floored one of the guys during the routine and on top of that people the dancing with the stars contestants continued to dance throughout the whole Bigler thing but the, but this was this was a uh, football play by play that was attached to the video it's pretty dangerous. Bigler makes it back to his feet is he going to deliver sweet oh, <laughs> out of nowhere! Like John yeah, so that was the, uh, that was the, uh, that was pretty funny. Forever. And, and, and this coming. guy, oh, by the way, they want, they want to put a free ad in here for, I'm not going to let them. Uh, so they, and, and then, of course, there's also the people, and they made fun of this too, where all of the judges have a big, have a big 10 out there when, when they judge the crate operators, uh, Ability to uh, do great things, and man, that was great. Just if you can find it on the internet, I'd watch it. But it, that's that's where you know. Listen, I don't I don't condone violence all the time, but it, it is it is refreshing when people don't take crap anymore from people, uh, and I think we need a little bit more of that in life. It's like when when those people were. Polluting the Trevi Fountain as, you know, hey, uh, I'm surprised more Italians didn't go in there and literally just drown these people and pull them out of there, although they left it up to the police. And I I understand that. But at some point, you kind of got to get you kind of got to take the reins of the world back a little bit. And sometimes that's good. Speaking of revenge, okay. So apparently, we're sending billions out of dollars to Ukraine. Ukraine is fighting for its life, and and if and if you hear the news media and Zelensky for that matter, <clears throat> all the Ukrainians are in peril. I mean, that's my view of it. Is oh my goodness, you know, we have to stop the Russians because all these Ukrainians are fighting for their lives over there. And are going to get wiped out by the Russians. Now that's unless you're a tennis player, and you're Marta Kostyuk, and you're a Ukrainian tennis player representing Ukraine in France at this tennis tournament. I'm thinking, okay, well, I don't, I don't want Ukrainians not to have fun. That's not my my point, uh, and, and nor, nor to nor to compete. But I thought the whole point of the whole Ukraine thing was that we're uh, saving modern man here. Like we're, I, thought, I thought that was the whole point is that, is that Ukrainians are all in peril and they're all going to die if we don't send billions of dollars over there. And then I'm watching this video I it's like, oh, okay, so this Ukrainian tennis player is refusing to shake the hands with her opponent who is a Belarusian uh, because of Belarus's support for Russia, I guess. That's the whole thing. And apparently that became a thing on the tennis mm-hmm. court. You, know, you okay. <laughs> Refusing to shake the hand. Sabalenka knew that was coming.
2: Oh, the Belarusian. For not shaking hands. <laughs>
1: And so, you know, she she made her stand out there. And, yeah. Well, uh,
3: we expected it. So maybe we're hoping
1: that would be, be the,
3: be the case. And this crowd was behind Kostuk during the match. I think she should have shook hands. Again, personal decision. Yeah, I- but what a message. What a message Sabalenka sends. She is ready to win this tournament with that.
1: Yeah. So, anyway... The Ukrainian lost, uh, and and didn't shake the hands. But my question is again: I don't want these people not having fun. But I didn't know that Ukrainians are still running around the the world just participating in tennis tournaments and that kind of thing to begin with. I never even imagined they'd be in a situation where they are uh, where, where, where where they can actually enjoy life. Now, I want again, I want them to enjoy life. I'm, I'm glad. But I'm still watching, like, billions of dollars going over there. And, by the way, there's more that we're sending over there. I'm still watching this thinking myself, oh, okay, so um, there's one Ukrainian who apparently isn't suffering too, too badly. All right, coming up, ladies and gents. Oh, yeah, it's a it's a rap song, and it's a boycott Target rap song. So, yeah, you're going to have to listen to a little rap but it's the number two on iTunes hit after being released and getting some play from Marjorie Taylor Greene. So I'm going to have that for you as Target continues to step in it alongside of Bud Light. We'll have more of your phone calls on this. Yes, folks. 314-566-6104. It's Common Sense Radio. KTLK-FM, Columbia. Available everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app.